Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The head slithered and swayed as it made its way out of the bushes. I grabbed Sasha's shoulder and shook. She turned around. What is it, Ben? I hissed at her in a whisper and pointed at the snake. Oh, shit, Sasha gasped. I slowly started to back away, but didn't look away from the thick body of the snake, slowly undulating from the vegetation. I heard the crushing of Sasha's footsteps behind, and to the side of me, we crept away at a slow but steady pace. The snake matched the pace as it headed towards us. As we reached the edge of our dig site, the bushes began to shake and the snake hesitated. Then, as I watched, it lifted off of the ground. Not the snake lifting its head. The entire body lifted off of the ground. It began to head towards us again, seemingly floating in the air while still slithering and writhing. I whimpered and I could hear Sasha gasp. A sleek, tawny paw stepped out of the bush and then another. Just when I thought that maybe, just maybe, the lioness would eat the snake and be full enough that we could run away, I realized just how truly screwed we were. Because when the rest of the lioness came out of the bush, I noticed a nasty detail. The snake's body was coming out between the lioness's shoulders. It was like the lioness's head and neck had been replaced by the front half of a large hooded viper. It was real. The serpopard. If you haven't heard of a serpopard before, then you should do a Google image search. Seriously. You'll see some weird animations, a card from Magic, The Gathering, and some artifacts. Better yet, go to Wikipedia. You'll see some excellent depictions of serpopards in ancient Egyptian art. Serpopard is an awkward amalgam of the words serpent and leopard. There don't seem to be any surviving texts that refer to this creature, so people slap those words together. Serpent is obviously a fancy replacement for snake. Leopard is likely totally wrong-headed, as the depictions, with tufted tail and no splotches, seems much more reminiscent of a female lion rather than a leopard. But I guess serpopard sounds better than snan or likes. I got into Egyptian archaeology for a lot of reasons, which is my way of saying that I got into it to impress a girl. Turns out, I loved Egyptian archaeology more than that girl. So I traded her in for an internship with Dr. Shadid at a recently discovered minor pyramid deep in the desert west of Giza. Sasha and I hit it off immediately. She came from a school in France that I'd never heard of because I don't know any schools in France. It was great getting to know each other, hitting the Egyptian bars on the weekends and talking archeology. span She had a major thing for ancient depictions of animals. When she found out that I had never heard of a serpopard, she pulled up a bunch of photos on her phone. This is a seal that's currently at the Louvre Do you see the lion body and long, serpentine neck? Serpopard. Weird. Good weird. But where do you think the idea of this creature came from? There's not a whole lot of information on it. A lot of people think it's a masculinity or male virility thing, 
Lions were associated with masculine strength in the ancient Middle East quite a bit, and it's not like comparing genitals to large snakes is a new thing, so, dang. So it's a lion with a giant floppy penis for a head? Dude, no. It's a snake for a head. It's a metaphor, not your erotic fanfic. It seems as though these people Sasha was referring to were wrong, or at least were wrong for calling it just a symbol rather than a real animal that could also function as a symbol. Because one of them was creeping out of the bushes and getting ready to attack, it hunkered down, its legs getting ready to spring. Run, yelled Sasha. So I did, I turned and sprinted, Sasha directly ahead of me. She was heading back to our dig camp, a group of tents in a cluster 30 yards away. But what would a tent do to stop lion claws? Sasha, go into the pyramid, I yelled. What? Camp won't protect us, but stone walls will, just go. She changed direction. I looked over my shoulder and saw the serpopard skidding as it stopped to change direction as well. It was faster than we were. We just had to get lucky. Sasha made it to the side of the pyramid and pulled open the metal covering protecting the site. Luckily, we hadn't locked up for the day or we'd have been serpopard dinner. She jumped through and held the door. I hit the entryway at a dead sprint and didn't stop as I entered the pyramid. I heard Sasha slam the door and not a second later, a loud thud that I assumed was a serpopard trying to body slam the door open. What the fuck? Sasha gasped as another slam hit the metal door. Is that really a serpopard? I asked. Damn it, Ben. What did it look like to you? I know, but... I was cut off by the piercing shriek of claws dragging across metal. It was like nails on chalkboard, unnerving and unsettling, and the serpopard kept at it, slashing away over and over. I could feel my anxiety creeping up. There's not a way to latch the door from the inside, is there? I asked. Never been a need. Not usually a need to prevent someone from breaking out of an archaeological site. That's what I figured. I looked around, hoping to find an answer. Mostly, I just found sand and stone. I pulled out my cell phone, turned on the flashlight, and looked at Sasha. Let's head in. Why? Look, we can't hold the door shut, so if that thing figures out how to get its claws into the handle and open it, we're dead. Might as well try to get some distance between us. We might just find something that we can use to trap the serp apart or something. Fine, I guess. I don't know what else we could do. We started heading deeper into the pyramid, fast walking down the tunnel. I wanted to run, to escape the horrifying creature behind us, but with only a flashlight to pierce the pitch blackness, that seemed like a good way to crash into something or trip and get a face full of pyramid. And the last thing we needed was an injury slowing us down or making us less effective. The hallway entering the pyramid went deeper and deeper. The air was stale and noxious from being closed so long. And Sasha and I had to cover our mouths with our shirts to be able to breathe safely. After our shirts kept sliding off, I finally just took mine off and tied it around my face, overly large bandana style. Sasha glanced at me. Now I don't have to adjust it and my hands are free for the flashlight and whatever else I might need to do, I said. Sasha shrugged and did the same with her shirt. Now unencumbered and breathing as well as one can in a pyramid that had been sealed for millennia, we headed further in and eventually came to a small open room. While the wall directly across from the path we entered from was solid stone, there were doorways to the left and right. The blank wall had a massive stone relief. I waved Sasha over and we both shined our lights on it. It was so large, we still didn't have the whole thing illuminated. On it, we saw massive serpopards etched out to be taller than we are. Their serpentine necks intertwined with each other. To the left, there was an image of a pair of serpopards tearing open the stomach of a man. To the right, the relief showed the same man entering into a stone hallway. The guy is facing the right, so these read right to left, yeah? I asked. I focused on buildings, not writing. Yeah, Sasha said. It looks like this guy entered a stone hallway, 
encountered a whole mess of serpopards, and then got devoured by them. Please tell me the stone tunnel he entered isn't the same one we just came out of. I think it's more likely that it's one of the hallways branching off of this room. The man is facing to the right, which tells us which direction this reads. But do you think it also tells us which tunnel to use? He could be looking at the tunnel that leads to his demise. Or, I added, it could be that you follow the writing and it naturally flows to the left with the flow leading you into the tunnel told about on the wall. Damn, she replied. I mean, we could always just chill here, I offered. The smashing and screaming of stressed metal echoed down the hallway we had just come down. That was the door giving way. It's not going to be safe to wait here for long, I said. Which path do you think we should try? I stared down one, then the other. I had no idea. I told Sasha as much. Okay, then let's go to the right. It's what my gut tells me, she said. Then let's do it. The right tunnel was barren for the first 50 meters or so before opening up on a room filled with shining statues. They appeared to be gold, possibly just gold-plated. The room must have had at least two dozen of the statues, some of the men with pharaonic beards, others of animal-headed gods and goddesses. There were two large chests placed in the middle of all the statues. Each had a small carving of a serpopard and a knife-wielding man on the sides and top. Does that mean there's a serpopard in there? Or the weapon to kill the serpopard? I asked. Possibly both. That would be the nastiest type of trap, one where the solution is there, but you can't use it in time because the serpopard is ripping your guts out. That's really dark, I mumbled. No shit. We explored the room, looking at the statues, but in the back of my mind, there was always a ticking clock. How long until the serpopard chasing us caught up? The only branch in the tunnel was in the room with the stone relief, so it wasn't like the serpopard was going to have a hard time finding us. We needed to act. These statues are getting us nowhere, I said. Let's open the chests. Sasha huffed, but nodded. We walked over to them and quickly looked them over one more time. Nothing stood out. I grabbed the lid of the leftmost one and started to lift. It was heavy, and I could only raise it a fraction of an inch on my own. It would catch on a lip when I tried to slide it. I need a hand, Sasha. There's a lip, and I can't lift the lid over it. She came over next to me. On three, she asked. I nodded. She counted down, and then we lifted with all of our might. It felt like the lid weighed a ton. We only got it raised about an inch and a half, but it was enough to slide it over the lip. With a powerful shove, we pushed it back. Not too far, Sasha said. If it falls, it overbalanced and fell. When it hit the floor, the metal banged and reverberated, filling the chamber. The serpopard chasing us will know exactly where we are now, Sasha finished. We looked in the chest. It was empty, sort of. There was nothing in the chest, but instead of a bottom, there was a shaft that descended further down. A humid smell came from the shaft, and the soft echo of splashing water came up from below. Should we risk it? I asked. The worst sound I've ever heard answered. The serpopard had found us. No time! Sasha yelled. She shoved me hard, sending me over the lip of the chest and tumbling down. It wasn't as deep as it looked, and maybe ten feet down I hit cold water. It was slightly slimy and dark, with a gentle current pulling me forward. I looked up at the lit square that was the base of the chest. I saw Sasha leap forward to dive in, before abruptly stopping. She screamed. Oh, fuck! She yelled. I screamed her name. It burns! She yelled. Ben, just go! It's... She cut off into another scream. It was piercing and full of pain, and ended abruptly when she coughed blood out of her mouth. She looked down at me, tears in her eyes, before being abruptly yanked back into the room. The current moved faster the further I got from the shaft. I dropped my phone in the fall, but there was a gentle light coming from somewhere ahead. As I moved closer, I saw there was a gap in the ceiling and a small set of stairs on the side of the channel, carrying the water. I swam as hard as I could in the current, moving to the base of the stairs. 
climbing out of the water, I dragged myself up the stairs and into the light. The gap was small, just enough to pull myself out. It opened under a thick clump of vegetation hidden from sight. I looked around and saw I was on the far side of the pyramid. I'd made it all the way through the tomb. Staggering as fast as I could, I made it around the pyramid and to camp. I found Dr. Shadid and tried to tell him everything, but I kept sobbing. I climbed into a truck and wouldn't come out. I didn't want the serpopard to get me. I got the next flight out of Egypt. I may have escaped a real-life serpopard, but I'm afraid they'll never stop hunting me in my nightmares. Professor Flagg's map showed us exactly where the entrance to the tomb was. The rocks crumbled and gave way, revealing a narrow staircase that seemed to plunge straight into the heart of the earth. We couldn't see much further than a few feet, and then there was darkness. The air was so heavy and musty. Jerome advised we put on our hazmat suits. No one has been in here since the 90s. God knows what sort of bacterium might have built up, he commented. We all hastily compiled, eager to set foot into the find of a lifetime. Scans aren't picking up anything beyond 200 feet down, but it's definitely a labyrinth down there, Meredith commented. Everyone needs to stay together, Jerome advised. Dimitri rustled his military tags together in his fingers for good luck saying a soft prayer as he rubbed his artificial leg and started down the stairs. I gave Andrew a glance to see if he had any objections, and then we all trudged downward. All of us had a reason for being here, whether that was for fame or fortune or simply curiosity. There was really no turning back now. An uneasy silence covered over us as we went into the depths, each of us curious to see what we would find. When Flags returned to the university a few months back with details about an Egyptian pyramid that had never been discovered by archaeologists, all of us were skeptical. Any self-respecting historian knew that the last major find of tombs that was in a pyramid hadn't been found in over 50 years. But here we are. I thought as we reached the first stone entrance to what I assumed was a temple of some kind. Jerome brushed away some of the inscriptions, and my sister walked over to it, asking Jansen to assist with the translation as they dusted away more of the letters. This is definitely ancient hieroglyphs, but it's different from the normal kind I've seen, Jansen admitted. It took them about an hour to decipher as we all sat there. Apparently, a mixture of Sumerian was in the stone as well. Enter the tomb of Karains, Library of the Damned and Seal of the Record of the Underworld upon Entry, be warned, a curse shall... Meredith paused and blushed, clearly thinking the text was nonsense. We can skip the rest, right? She asked. Does it say how to open the door? Andrew asked. It does, my sister said, as she pressed a few keystones. From somewhere behind the massive block of stone, we heard a rumbling. All of us watched as the ancient mechanisms opened the way and we were greeted with a spectacle of ancient relics and carvings. Everything you might expect to find in this magnitude. This is ten times better than Flag Led On, Jansen whistled, reaching for a jewel. Our leader snatched his hand away and gave him the stink eye. Don't be a fool. We have no idea what could be booby-trapped. Besides, Flag made it clear the real treasure is deeper down, Jerome commented. Guys... 
Dimitri said from across the room. He had found something. Sarcophaguses. Six of them. All lined perfectly in what was clearly meant as a group burial chamber. Andrew and I examined the carvings as I took pictures. Then Jerome ordered for us to open them. Don't be insane. It could ruin the specimens, Meredith said. Truthfully, the red coffins were unnerving, as Flag had never mentioned anything about the tomb having this type of burial in his description. It made me wonder if there were any other details they kept to themselves. Technically, none of us were supposed to be here. Flag had returned to the museum with a request that any further expeditions be postponed in light of what he called disturbing finds deep in the ruins. Was he referring to these strange crimson coffins, or something far more dangerous and sinister down below? There could be mummies inside, and we need to determine how old they are, Jerome argued. They don't look as ancient as everything else. Very well preserved, Andrew admitted, as he examined one of the massive ornate covers. Suddenly, it moved and began to slide off. Instinctively, my boyfriend jumped back and all of us peered closer to get a look at the corpse. There wasn't anything strikingly unique about the mummy. The wrappings looked to be in good condition, and they seemed fairly young to have died. It made me wonder why this tomb had been made. It wasn't common for non-royalty to get such burials, and nothing in the coffin struck me as connecting to any pharaoh we knew of. Oh, God... I paused and looked toward the coffin that Meredith was examining, wondering what she had found. This corpse looked slightly less decomposed than normal, and had one arm folded across its chest with something clutching its fingers. Meredith reached for it, prying the metallic clipping from the corpse and commenting, These are just like your dog tags. We checked the others. Only three of the coffins had bodies, but it was still unnerving. Dimitri moved over to the first sarcophagus and looked at them, trying to figure out how this was possible. He placed them against his own and commented softly, They look identical. Then he turned to the corpse and immediately grabbed the mummy's right leg. It's artificial too, Jerome. What is this place? What is happening here? The leader of our group looked at all of us incredulously and sneered. You don't seriously believe that corpse is you? What kind of hogwash is that? Not only is it impossible, it's not even logical. This tomb has been sealed for ages. It's some kind of trick. He dismissively pressed toward the next chamber of the pyramid as I looked at all of the coffins and felt a chill run down my spine. Suddenly, it didn't feel safe to be there. What if Dimitri was right? I'm not a superstitious person, but the pyramid didn't feel as friendly anymore. Suddenly, our trespassing felt like it was becoming bad karma on us. But Jerome wasn't deterred. As we went further, however, I noticed that the hieroglyphs were getting more and more random, as though even the ancient Egyptians were experiencing madness, not having any rhyme or reason for their works. Some of it didn't even resemble normal writings I had seen in museums. What had befallen the people in this tomb? I could hear strange noises down below as we went down a tunnel that gradually became narrower. Voices? Impossible. It led straight into a massive library, but all of the shelves were bare. Either that or the scrolls were so desolate and old that there was nothing left but dust. 
This is disappointing. We should go back to the treasure room, Jansen joked. I'm not going there unless it's on the way out, Dimitri said. I found something, Meredith called. We followed her voice to a massive mural. It covered the entire wall as far as our eyes could see. The painting was both simplistic and striking, depicting our ancient ancestors bowing down to what looked like obelisks that had fallen from the sky. All of the strange-looking monoliths were completely black, even darker than the shadows in the tomb. Something about them, even in art form, unnerved me. Professor Flagg said that there were discoveries here which were never meant to be found. Do you think he meant this? Jansen asked. None of us knew what to say. Jerome advised that we split up and search the rest of the library. Let's not make this trip for nothing, he told us. Andrew passed me his old army firearm and said, I would rather you have this than me. Just a feeling. I squeezed his hand and muttered, I don't want anything to happen to you either, though. I've got his back, Dimitri assured me. There wasn't much time for debates. Meredith and I stuck together as we went down the eastern tunnel, the painting of the monoliths on my mind as we searched the empty shelves. I don't think this destruction is old, sis. It's recent. Flag came in here and attempted to destroy all evidence of the fine... She realized. But why? He must have known eventually others would follow in his footsteps to this place, I said. I don't know. All of this is very strange. She paused as we came to a fork in the road and told me to check the chamber to the left while she went right. I hated the idea of being alone in such a cursed place, but didn't want my sister to see that I was frightened. The next room was just as dim and dusty as the others. Clear signs of grave robbery could be seen everywhere, and it even looked like the last person in here had gone through the trouble of setting off the traps. I reached for one of the stones that was clearly designed as a switch of some kind and pressed on it, surprised to hear the entire room begin to move. Including the ground, I was sinking into the floor. I tried to move back the way I had come, but the drop happened so suddenly I wasn't ready. Soon, I was in a dark room about 20 feet below. Meredith! I'm stuck! I called out. No response. Great. I thought as I searched blindly around the room for anything that might help. Then, to my shock, the entire chamber I was standing in was illuminated. Not by torches, but by artificial lighting on the walls. The room I was standing in wasn't ancient at all, but resembled something like a war bunker with security monitors and supercomputers on every wall. Slowly, I approached what looked like a printout table where one of the machines was actively punching out endless codes of numbers. What was all of this? I warned all of you not to come here, a voice in the darkness said. My hair stood on end and I pulled out Andrew's firearm. There standing in the tunnel alongside me was Professor Flagg. You're... you're dead, I said. In this life, perhaps I am. Perhaps what you and your colleagues did is nothing short of damnation. And you have come to visit me now in hell, he whispered. As he took a step closer, his eyes were jet black, his body crippled and twice his normal age. What happened to you? I said in shock. This place, 
is purgatory, written in the very sands of time itself. I discovered too late that only death and evil have been here. And I made it my goal to keep the forbidden things of this true world hidden from the light. You, you do not belong here, Jackie, he sneered. You're rambling like a madman. Don't come closer or I will fire, I said, keeping the weapon aimed at his heart. My soul is gone already. Your weapons mean nothing to me. The moment I stepped foot into this place, I became a part of it. So have you. You saw the coffins. This pyramid is alive. It does not belong in this world. The dark stones you saw above. Did you derive their meaning? He asked. My mouth felt dry. The uneasy feeling all of us had of how the tunnels were changing that lingering concern of evil and whispers on all sides. I know this sounds impossible, but are you saying this is actually an ancient alien spacecraft? I asked. He presented to me what looked like a small book with leather-bound pages and cracking binding. The record of the dead. This is what I came here to find. It is what I came here to protect. The creatures that built this prison did so to stop anyone from seeing what secrets it held. For it is not the record of past haunting, but of future. The death of the world that is to come. He cackled. His eyes were bleeding now, his form changing. He was no longer even a man. Long mandibles and spider legs broke from his back, and his voice became distorted. Your species will be the one that unleashes this evil upon this reality. And then the world we live in shall become that reality. The true world. I heard Meredith call out from above and I ran, pushing past the creature as it finished shaping and changing. The room I was in was already morphing as well. She dropped a rope to me and I climbed, knowing my life depended on it. Once back in the familiar ruins of the pyramid, I grabbed her hand and said, We need to find Andrew and leave this place. What is that? She asked. I looked down to see I was clutching the record that Flag had been holding. The strange chronicle he claimed came from beyond time and space. I don't know. Let's get out of here, I said as I dropped it. Meredith instinctively picked it back up and tucked it in her pack. You heard Jerome. We can't leave empty-handed. Then we heard a scream. We rushed toward the main library and saw the very man we were talking about fall from a great height alongside Jansen. Just as we entered, their bodies crashed into the stone floor and became fine dust. Up above, I saw Dimitri and Andrew both paralyzed with fear, and then I saw Flag again. His massive, monstrous body crawled across the ceiling as he pursued my boyfriend and the other soldiers. What the hell is that?! Meredith screamed. All I could think was we needed to keep moving. The mural on the wall started to glow and shimmer. The monoliths were beginning to move. The image was changing. It was showing not the past, but the future. I remember Flag saying. So I decided to change course. I grabbed Meredith's hand and rushed up the stairs toward Andrew and Dimitri. Head towards the roof, I shouted, pointing to the precipice where Jerome had fallen from. It was an exit to the surface. 
A beam of light came down amid the ruins as the monster spiders scrambled toward us. Flag was splitting his body apart now, sending swarms of smaller creatures toward us as we ran. Dimitri did not make it. His artificial leg tripped him, and he fell into the swarm of evil as we climbed. But we couldn't mourn or look back. We had to reach the surface. Once hitting the sun, Meredith, Andrew, and I quickly covered the exit and then rushed off the sandy mountain. The entire ground tumbled and a quake occurred, destroying what little was left of the ruins of Kareem's. What did you see down there? Andrew whispered as we made it to our convoy and drove away. It was indescribable, something that didn't belong in our world, I explained. It was enough to make me wonder if I had been driven mad by the strange writings and the claustrophobic chambers. Then I saw my sister take out the record that Flag had tried desperately to hide, the one he claimed told the future. What is that? My boyfriend wondered aloud. A record for the dead, brought back to life, Meredith whispered. We will call it the Lazarus Record. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Do you sometimes feel like you need to get something off your chest? Everyone, including myself, carries around stress, and sometimes it builds up until it feels like you might burst. That's where BetterHelp comes in. Therapy is a safe space to talk through what's on your mind and figure out how to move forward. With BetterHelp, you can finally get things off your chest and start working through what's weighing you down. BetterHelp is entirely online, designed for convenience and flexibility to make it easy to fit your schedule. You just fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, and start your sessions. If your therapist isn't a perfect fit, you can easily switch at no additional charge. So why not give it a try? Therapy offers broad benefits, from reducing stress to gaining new insights. Take that step with BetterHelp and feel the relief. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash DNS today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash DNS. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you're listening on Spotify, don't forget to hit that follow button to get notified every time a new episode is released. Also, please take a second to leave a rating for the podcast. This is so important to help the podcast grow. Thank you.